I joined the PTA and I'm like, who in the heck was this idea? The PTA, I can't do right? the PTA. And I'm the historian, <laughs> so I gotta like take pictures of everything. So I'm like, I guess I'll just go down and take a picture of the uh -huh. empty school in the parking lot. What do you want me to take pictures of? Oh. <laughs> Didn't you know, Smitha, because you, you kind of gave a what on the snacks. When your kids are in team sports, they div divvy up who brings the snacks and then you get parental snack competition. And that is the worst kind of competition you have ever been in. It sounds like a reality show, Parental <laughs> Snack Competition, season three. Welcome to We Heart Mom Jokes. I'm Lalita. And I'm Smitha. I'm the queer single mom by choice of a 14-year-old. And I'm a straight married mom of two kids. And we met doing stand-up. We've been doing We Heart Mom Jokes podcast for what feels like years now when the pandemic began and we were just thinking, is everybody else struggling the way that we are? And it turns out they were. Yes. <laughs> and they yeah. still are. <laughs> But yeah. we felt, you know, I mean, it's okay. And so that's when we went to find Lisa Gilbert. Before we start this episode, here's a clip from Lisa's stand-up so you can hear a bit about her life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just turned 52 yesterday. Thank you very much. 52 with second graders. This is what it looks like. <laughs> At 44 years old, I got married and pregnant on my honeymoon with triplets. Yeah, kind of like a Groupon is what I got. I see so many ladies out there are like, oh my goodness, this can still happen. So many ladies are like, oh my goodness, this can still happen. Ah, uh, happened to me, happened to me. First sonogram appointment, my husband was not there. Uh, I'm laying on the table doing the exam. And the nurse gets this look on her face. What kind of look you want to see your first sonogram? I said, hey, what's going on? She said, I think there's three in there. I said, I think you better shut up. So she left the room, I called my husband, I'm like, honey, guess what? <laughs> We're having triplets! He was like, huh? Are they all mine? Welcome. I'm sitting in my car because this is the only place I can be someplace with the doors locked where the kids can't get in. So yes, Lisa, we've got you locked in your car, hiding from your children. This is perfect. The reality is, is that my kids are at school today, yeah. but I've got so much PTSD from this last year that I feel like I still need to lock myself in my car because yeah. what if they get out of school and come and find me because I'm on the phone? You know how that works? Oh, yeah. You know, I went to a town 12 miles away from where I live to get my computer repaired and I had a mild panic attack leaving, going so far away from my house. When you say it, town that's 12 miles away do you mean san francisco no it wasn't it was redwood city which is a town that claims to have the best climate in america no have you heard this no i have not yeah it's such a wonderful claim because like who's going to turn up and be like no actually you have the second best right. climate it's totally irrefutable <laughs> i love that i do get the ptsd though 
So where are you based? Where do you live? I'm here in San Diego. I've been in San Diego since I was seven. I heard they have the best, the best climate in the world. Uh, we do. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Don't tell Redwood City. Yeah. Sorry, Redwood City. But we do. And more people come here probably than Redwood City. Yeah. So that proves it right there. Also, I don't think Redwood City has a zoo that's famous all over the world, or at least not that I'm aware of. No, it does have a good sandwich shop. <laughs> and this is where we are in right. the pandemic. No, it has a good sandwich shop. We want it on the map. I feel like yeah. though, since we haven't been able to go out and get sandwiches, that any sandwich out of the house is probably a good sandwich. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. I've I've lost all sense of society. Thing where I'm like starting to question who likes me and who my friends. No, you know, emotionally we're at, we're we're in all kinds of states and then like you message someone, they don't message me back and immediately I'm like obviously they hate me and want me dead and then I go into those spirals. Yeah. Um I'm oh, a 53-year-old mother of 9-year-old triplets and I've been homeschooling them for a year. So, I don't really care who likes me or doesn't. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're probably the one who's yeah, not messaging I me probably back. Probably am not. Yeah. I do <laughs> get mad at my friends that are like single with no kids, though. Like I text you and I expect to text back. Like you're. What are you doing all day? Nothing. Working from home. Yeah. With yeah. a chalupa yeah. and a diet coke. It must. You yeah. should be. You should be texting me right <sighs> back. So I try to be as best I can. I really try to be. But I can't. I'm like, no. How many kids are you homeschooling? <laughs> uh, no one in high school shut up you have an adult at home are there is there tears are there tears every day no shut up call me back text me back be quiet yeah right your, your tears, tears or the kids tears or everybody's tears everybody every morning i wake up and i'm like <laughs> okay jesus today i'm not gonna yell and then like two minutes after i'm yelling yeah no i don't have any patience i won't go into my stories then so yeah i'll be quiet now for the rest of the podcast <laughs> it was lovely being here nobody wants to talk 14. to you about either yeah you're out Sorry there, buddy. <laughs> oh. But what about, at least you're still smell you know, good. Did I remind you I'm 53 with nine-year-old triplets? <laughs> I don't have time to smell or bathe. I don't care, brush your teeth or not. It don't matter to me. We're not going anywhere anyway. Yeah, but sometimes it's not like you want to smell like a yeah. cloud just comes yeah. at you. We have a rule. You know, we only bathe on days we're going to leave the house, which is like twice a week. You don't really need to bathe every day. It's not even good for your skin. Don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think it's too late for that. I think we got you started. Well, what's the point? Yeah. I'm like, look, if you wore Actually, these clothes uh, today, put them back mm -hmm. in the drawer. Nobody wants to do your laundry. Now, if mm -hmm. you leave the house and you get a bunch of COVID infested, I got colds and germs and all kinds of stuff from people. Great. Then let's wash your clothes. But otherwise, just put it back in the drawer. Get yeah. In you know, things mm -hmm. have changed. It's a different, it's a little bit of a different time. I think we can give each other you know, a little bit of a break. You don't have to bathe or feed your kids every day, do you? Yeah. No. Okay, so I feel we've moved into food. Some, you snuck that in, Lisa. So I was completely with you on the no bathing, putting the clothes back in the drawer. I feel uh, we pride ourselves on never giving good parenting advice, but this is more life advice. So I think we can still do that within the We Heart Mom Jokes mandate. But now that you say you don't have to feed yeah, you your kids every day. Because I needed to see who was paying attention. <laughs> well they can I feed themselves right at nine yes absolutely so sundays is the day where they do their own breakfast so they have their choice oh, they can do, they do and i've taught them how to use the the, uh, the toaster so they can do cereal and milk mm -hmm. 
they can do a bagel, waffles, mm -hmm. pancakes. Yeah, so they have those choices uh, for breakfast in the morning on Sundays. I want to come to your house on a Sunday. I know. Really that beats the average continental yep. breakfast at like. I think the other thing too is, is that there are three of them and there's me and I'm old and they should, they're nine. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to help them to be a little bit self-reliant. So I just need to, um, a quick rewind here because you've mentioned a few times that you're 53, which um, is a venerable age to have nine-year-old triplets but I have some issue with the description of 53 as quote-unquote old can we just adjust that a little bit to the wrong side of tw I, I just describe myself on the wrong side yeah of so this is how I feel about my age first of all uh in your podcasters aren't going to see this um but I am I am foxy like I am very and and you yes, have to know you it yourself in order for other people to know it um, and, and so I don't really have a problem with my age, I think, because, because we, again, in our Western society, right, there are many other cultures that really mm -hmm. revere age and take, you know, with age comes wisdom and, and, and respect. And there's so much that comes with an older woman. And so for me, I'm proud to say I'm 53. Mm -hmm. I've talked about my age for as long as I've had an age, there's nothing that I want to do to stop that aging. And so, um, so yeah. I'm okay with it. And I'm, I want to celebrate. It sounds a little hokey, right? But I want to celebrate every year because it's a gift and no disrespect to people that, you know, feel differently. But for me, I don't need to be anything other than 53. I'm an old mom considering the fact that my kids are nine. You know, I, I'm, I'm in my fifties with third graders and I'm an older mom, but I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, this is actually my second marriage. I got married the first time in my twenties. Anybody married in their twenties? All right, good job, good job. Still married? You don't have to answer that question. We are. I got married the first time in my twenties. I feel like there's a big difference between being married in your twenties and your forties. Yeah. Right? In your twenties, your man tries to go out, you're like, don't go. I miss you. Try safe and text me when you get there. In your 40s, you're calling your man's friends talking about somebody better come pick this for love. I actually met my husband. My husband and I knew each other in high school. Yeah, but we didn't hang out because I was Whoa. cool. And then we <laughs> got reacquainted and we met up again 25 years later at church. And Whoa. I hadn't dated for like seven years. Like I was literally the, it, I, I heard God say, stop dating. And I stopped dating. I mean, it was, I didn't want to stop dating, but I was trying to, you know, be better and do better. And I just stopped dating and I didn't know it was going to be seven years. Otherwise I wouldn't agree to it, but seven years. That's how biblical, yeah. right? Like seven years well, of, you said you know, not years, dating. Like, <laughs> nah, I can give you like 21 days. A lot <laughs> happened during that time. My relationship with God was, you know, I, I grew closer and I had this amazing church family, my job, you know, just working on myself, being ready for whatever was next. I was happy single, so I wasn't like a sad 40-year-old single person. And so anyway, I saw my husband at church. I knew that's the man that God had for me. And I was like, yeah, that's not who I want because he's he's not my type at all. So if you could go back in the file box Ooh. and find another one, um, you know, I'll be here every Sunday. You can just keep yeah. bringing him out and I'll like look 
and then I'll tell you yes or no, and then you can yeah. go back in your file box. <laughs> um, that's not how that works, by the way. So anyway, I married him. We dated for a year. I uh, got engaged after six months, married after a year, and then we got pregnant on our honeymoon. That is the most amazing yeah. story. That is, and was that was that one of those situations where you were like, oh, you know, we're having a nice party, we're having a nice time, wherever you were on honeymoon, and then it just kind of happened, or did you decide as soon as you were married? Yeah, we're so try we to waited to even be intimate until we got married, and so on our honeymoon, mm-hmm. you know. It, it, we waited a year. We it was a. My husband says it's a year of. He said it was a year of ready. Like, uh, you swatting flies. Every time my hand would come near you, you'd be like, "What that? What that?" <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you know, by the time the honeymoon came, we were like, "Hey, guess what? We can say yes. Let's go." So yeah, the kids were made. This is the cool thing, though. Just real quickly. So I was born a twin, separated from my twin at birth, and we were both put up for adoption. I was adopted. My mm-hmm. twin sister was never adopted. She had uh-huh. cerebral palsy. And this was, you know, 1967. Um, and times were different, right? Uh, special needs kids were, you know, were different different, and, and, and not as adoptable as they are now, right? Um, a lot more services and those kinds of things. And so for me growing up, knowing I had a twin sister, I always wanted twins. It's just something that I wanted to, mm-hmm. I wanted to relive something that I didn't get to live and I just you know I feel like I got a you know mm-hmm. a God gave me a bonus I have two identical twin boys and a girl wow I feel like- you know I just have to say your love story sounds like because it took 25 years and then it moved really fast it is somehow the least <laughs> efficient and the most efficient love story yeah. I've heard of in my yeah, life I mean, literally and then and then I only carried him seven months so we got married and then seven months later we've got we've got these kids and so it really has been and the first I don't know, four or five years, you don't even know each other. Like, we're like, oh, we're married. Hey, how you doing? Because, you know, those first few yeah. years are <laughs> toddlers, are diapers and, and chasing kids around and dressing and feeding. Yeah. There's no time for, you know, you and I at the end of the night be like, all right, good night. I love you. Let's do it again tomorrow. Right. That's it. Yeah. It's just like your your hot friend, your hot like boyfriend became your like housework partner for five years. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. And it's yeah. his first kids and my first kids. Wow. Uh, I always told him, I'm like, you know, if we would have gotten together in high school and had a child in high school and then had these triplets 25 years later, we would have like a live-in babysitter. We did it wrong. All those people that had kids mm. in high school, mm. man, they, there's something to say for that. It's I like true. that. I think that's a really nice framing. We have a very good different take. Have a kid in high school so that when you have more kids 25 years later, 25 years feels a little long. Most 25-year-olds wouldn't babysit. I think 17 years. Or you could just get an Urban Sitter subscription (laughs) and not, you know, just just putting that out there. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, okay, Lisa, I have to ask, um, you said you have two identical identical twins and a girl. So I was just thinking the mathematical, like, probability of that happening yeah because my kids are spontaneous which means that they just happened they just happened and so well there was a honeymoon yeah but yeah they just happened i mean you know how it happened when a mommy and daddy love each other okay i'm just checking (laughs) so i i have what's called a hyperovulation gene what that means is is that i drop all whatever eggs all willy-nilly just 
They're all loosey-goosey, just dropping, right? Two eggs get fertilized. A boy and a girl egg get fertilized, giving uh-huh. me fraternal twins. Then my boy egg splits uh-huh. in half, giving me identical twins in my triplet set. <gasps> so That's the boy crazy. egg splitting in half, is that also no. part of your gene pool? Or is that complete coincidence yes. that that also happens? That's crazy. But that is where, where Smith brings in the statistics. That Yeah, because... That- probability on top of probability wow that's really special well it's funny because i'm part of like obviously like a triplets group you know facebook triplets group Mm -hmm. and i would say the majority of the people on there uh did some type of fertility so every once Mm -hmm. in a while you'll see like identical triplets but for the most part it's fraternal triplets because you know they put all their eggs into you know into one beaker you know yeah um, but there's not a whole lot of like identicals and then a, and then a fraternal. Wow. How does your daughter cope with the fact that she's um, not of the same sex as the other two? Yeah, and it's important of any culture, any race. So you can see people that are like you that are doing well in the skin they're in, which by the way, you can't change, right? And then I think I went a little over the top because Zoe now is like, I don't care what we're watching on TV or where we're at. She is like black girl power. Like she's like soul sister already at nine. So I think with all that, I mean, I think she's feeling better about the fact that the boys are like mom's skin color and she's like dad's skin color. Uh, Her hair is different than my hair and the boy's hair. And look, you're beautiful because you're so kind and so loving and helpful. That's what makes you beautiful. You could have light skin and be a jerk and then nobody cares about your light skin. Who cares? So that's kind of the track I'm going on with her. And I haven't heard any, heard her say anything other than uh, black is beautiful since I started kind of this embrace what you got because you can't change it. I love that. So it's great that you're trying to look for these fantastic role models. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in, uh, in helping her understand uh, that her skin is darker and what that could look like in the world there's something to be taught with how you're perceived by other people and how you perceive yourself and so what I want my daughter to be which is very different from the way I was raised my mom didn't teach us about skin color and how people perceive me in the world as a biracial child with a white mom Mm -hmm. so for me I want my kids to understand that the world is going to perceive you this way And some are going to perceive you as beautiful and wonderful and awesome. And some people are going to not like you at all. And all different kinds of people can either love you or not. And so you just, if you can educate people about it along the way, great. Mm -hmm. Because now you also have, I mean, this already feels like, um, you put an enormous amount of thought and loving care into it. And I love that you do that. But now you also have these two boys. <laughs> this is all happening at the same time. And the conversations and are different. They're confused and they're learning now. And they, it comes up probably monthly now. And, and finally, last week, when we had the conversation about the N-word and what, you know, where that's used, why it's used, where it came from. And these are just continued conversations that we... You know, we have to just continue to have the older they get, the more mature that they get. Again, I want them to go, and I'm always referencing the playground because your peers are going to 
the, your peers are going to tell you what's what good and bad right so I want my kids to come to the mm-hmm. playground with some knowledge and the ability to say uh hey you're calling me the n-word and uh yeah that's not cool we're not going to continue that move along figure something out because mm-hmm. you're not we're not doing that yeah yeah, I, I have empathy because there's a lot of colorism in the Indian diaspora as well, right? And so I think it's exactly what you say, like teaching people to believe in themselves and teaching people to speak up, because I think we weren't really right. taught that as much, right? Are you training your kids just falling into lovely stereotypes here? Smita, your kids going to be on the spelling bee? No, that is a stereotype. And no, I will not be doing that. So. <laughs> I mean, it's such a strange... Um, thing to I I don't know like to to compete on spelling it's like uh okay I know the order of letters and words like it's it's such a weird skill I guess it just shows that you can memorize things and guess yeah. language roots that's it right it must be super about the prepping at this point right like it's it yeah. there there's an algorithm yeah I feel like if if there's any competition I want to push my kids into it's probably like junior master chef so they can contribute to the cooking at home or something I like that is there yeah. is, th- is that a thing oh my yeah, God, it was a great show yeah. we put our kids in everything so they do taekwondo hip-hop dance mm-hmm. Zoe does softball and the boys are playing basketball mm-hmm. so we're just putting them in all kinds of stuff and then whatever they want to do and like we'll continue with and hope that that's something that they can go to college with because yeah I'm not saving for college I'm saving for therapy but I'm not saving for college oh, <laughs> oh that's a great plan actually this, this that angle but you know I have this anxiety my kids are quite young and so I'm wondering how will I find the thing that they like to do so I feel like there needs to be some kind of speed dating thing for children <laughs> to meet with like tennis coach piano coach violin cello chess and like you spend a few minutes with each one and try to figure out if your kid is the material for that but I don't know I want like I sometimes dream about setting up a business like that you know that's a uh, great that's a great idea although you would have to then talk to children and their parents all the time both of those ideas sound terrible yeah and not just children and parents ambitious parents who want their children to be good at you know any of those things yeah I don't know I I used to teach a Zumba class for kids and it was very hard and so then you have to do choreography with 20 seven-year-olds who don't want to be there Oh, it's yeah I wouldn't recommend it it was free I mean if I'd earned two thousand dollars in that hour I probably would yeah I think just putting them in all kinds of stuff it helps too because I'll tell you I'm, I'm a bit of a lazy parent and I feel like like I always say if, if I were to be able to create a playground like I'd create a playground that was made for kids to just really just do their own thing the benches would be a lot more comfortable. The swings would be self-pushing swings. Mm. Like a playground where you just right. sit and your kids play. There are other kids mm. on that playground. For me, I'm like, I'm not playing with you. I need three of you. I, I, I don't need to play with you all. You have built-in play people. And then play with all the strangers, right? kids that are on the playground. It's okay. I'll watch you. But I'm not going to, yeah. you know. I'm not going to. I've, I've never understood why they don't have um, pop-up Starbucks on playgrounds. 
Oh, this is a business plan. Business idea, business idea. And you, at nine o'clock in the morning, we'd be like, we are going to the playground. (laughs) The kids are like, no, I want to do my homework. Why are we going to the playground again? (laughs) Shut up and get in the car. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm going to put you in that Zumba class with that mean lady. They're like, okay, fine, we'll go to the playground. (laughs) Yeah, whatever activities and sports I can do. I, I tell a joke on stage where I say I, my kids are playing sports and this is not the kind of mom I wanted to be. You know, I feel the judgment because I really want like kids that just wanted to be inside. And, uh, but I, I realized that if I can put my kid in a sport where I can sit and they can play their sport and nobody's going to be giving you a hard time because you're on your phone the whole time. Those are the sports that I want my kids to be in. And gymnastics is one of those sports because <laughs> your kids are way out there. You can't possibly watch them because they're out there doing their gymnastics thing. And it's just all the parents just sitting in the chairs, you know, chit-chatting or on their phones. It's that's, that's the sport for us, gymnastics. I should put that kid in track. track. Like just run, Another just, great just one. go. Another <laughs> great one. Yes. Let's see. Great track invented great. by parents. It's, the problem is football yeah. and baseball where you got to pay attention and you got to wear shirts that match your kid's shirt and the color. And, and then they're crap at it and you have to kind of, you know, say you're really, you know, never mind that you let in 15 goals. You're, you're a good person, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, it's exhausting. You got to bring snacks and who's going to be the team mom. And I joined the PTA and I'm like, who in the heck was this idea? The PTA, I can't. Do right? the PTA. And I'm the historian, so I got to like take pictures of everything. So I'm like, I guess I'll just go down and take a picture of the uh-huh. empty school in the parking lot. What do you want me to take pictures of? Oh. <laughs> Didn't you know, Smitha, because you, you kind of gave a what on the snacks. When your kids are in team sports, they div- divvy up who brings the snacks. And then mm-hmm. you get parental snack competition. And that mm-hmm. is the worst kind of competition you have ever been in. It sounds like a reality show. Parental <laughs> snack competition, season three. <laughs> Because not only are the other parents like, oh, you know, oh, you know, so-and-so's parent only brought Capri Sun or whatever, and we brought three different items to choose from. Your kid is giving you the other side. Like, no, we don't want organic apple juice. We want Gatorade. Oh. Yeah. And so it's, it's you, nobody, there's no winner in no. parental. Yeah, look, pick your chips, pick your Capri Sun. You don't like it, don't put me on the list to bring snacks team mom yeah wow it is taking notes Smitha, look up she's she's writing like crazy too. yeah actually spelling bee doesn't sound so bad right now you know you don't have to you don't have to bring snacks to a snail to a spelling bee right <laughs> no you do not i accidentally accidentally said smelling, smelling bee and i'm like that's Ooh. like brings us back to our original topic of stinky kids right i love that there should be a smelling bee oh my god that's <laughs> a great idea but i feel that we're really solving the problems of the world you know what what is a wine connoisseur but a smelling bee smelling champion, bee right? champion. Like... <laughs> did you learn <laughs> to distinguish between a Merlot and a Cabernet. Well, my mom put me in a smelling bee. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny when your kids start to notice that you drink alcohol and they're like, hey, mom, can I get a drink of that? No, it's an adult beverage. Like how quickly you go from adult beverage to, hey, mom, I can't have a drink about that, right? Because it's got beer in it. Yes. Yes, it does. (laughs) Or I see that you're mixing the hard liquor with the orange juice, right, mom? 
Okay, son, that's enough. <laughs> I have to say we have, we have like next to the fridge, there's, there's a bunch of drinks that don't fit in the fridge. So we kind of put them in, you know, one by one, whatever. Uh, and so there's some sodas there and some juice. Uh, and so the other day, my, I saw my kid walk around with a white claw. And I'm like, uh, that's not soda. And he's like, well, it tastes like soda, which I think is really uh, <laughs> the point. good advertising. It's actually good advertising. I mean, it's not false advertising. It's correct because it does taste like it tastes like bad soda. Anyway, I had to just take it away from him and say that that's not for kids. It's not really soda. It has almost no alcohol. It's fine. Nothing bad happened. Oh, my God. Don't report me to social services. I won't. Okay, I don't work for them anymore. So we're good. Oh, you years. used to work for them. Oh dear. Wow. This is where where one of the We Heart Mom Jokes podcast presenters gets pulled off. Yeah. Prison. Lisa, get off your phone. Who are you texting? What's happening? No, I do not work for them. And in fact, some no, I won't even say it. I was gonna say sometimes I I get it. I've had to like take take a step away. I put myself in timeout. Um, oh, yes. just, you know, the screaming in a pillow, you know, you, you, it's probably better to not do that in front of your kids. I don't know. Putting um, myself in timeout. That's like a luxury now, right? You're like, bye. I have, I have to do timeout. See ya. <laughs> I just oh, I'm so upset about it. Cause that's what they do. If I can cry during my timeout. Yeah. And if they whine too much during the timeout, the timeout gets longer. So you should also employ that strategy. You know, I don't want to be in timeout. Oh, yeah, I've got five more minutes. Oh, yeah. Or the one where like, oh, so if I don't say sorry, like I mean it, my timeout right. continues. <laughs> just checking. Okay. <laughs> All the things that happen with our kids that if we could just like nap time. How many parents across the world are like, uh, and someday you're going to want to take a nap. I'm a big fan of nap time. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. Man, my kids napped until they were five mm -hmm. and we had to stop the naps because it was jacking with their nighttime. The one strict thing we do is bedtime. And we don't mess around at oh, bedtime. Nice. I don't read stories at bedtime. I know your fans are going to be like, that's terrible. I don't read. I don't read stories at bedtime. Mm -hmm. Bedtime is me coming in. I rub their bellies individually. I tell them individually that they're my favorite and I love them. And then I go on to the next kid and you're my favorite and I love you. And I go on to the next kid <laughs> and leave the room and I better not have to come back. Because your bedtime is my bedtime. So the quicker you get to it, yeah. the quicker I get to get to it. Like, do you want the during the day or do you want at 730 yeah. your kids yeah. to be asleep yeah, yeah, and, and it's now your time? Yeah. Or as someone put it, to me, do you want to cry now or cry later? That's exactly. <laughs> it. I love the rubbing the belly. I think that's very cute. Oh, that is very sweet. Yeah, it's it's yeah. weird because I think I'm like, when are they going to tell me they don't need me to rub their bellies anymore? But they live for it every night. Are we? Are you going to rub our bellies? Are you going to rub our bellies? Yes. No. I'm going to rub your bellies. No. Go lay down. That's it's good. Regardless of how our day goes, I can end my day face-to-face, -face, telling them that I love them. I love that you. sounds really lovely. And this lovely goodnight ritual is a perfect place, I think, for us to end this episode as well. It's been so fun talking to you, Lisa. Thanks for having me. So where can we find you, Lisa? You can find me at Lisa Gilbert Comedy on both Facebook and Instagram. I also just filmed a dry bar special. Very cool. Hey, Lalita, we're famous by proxy again. We have a dry yes. bar special. Yes. yes. 
We um, know someone who's got her own dry bar special. We're so famous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Very cool. Well, let us know when that comes out and we'll plug it again. Oh, um, thank you. And uh, you can find our podcast uh, on Instagram at We Heart Mom Jokes. And uh, Lalita, do you want to plug anything? I have a whole bunch of stuff coming up. All of it is on the gram, Insta, mm -hmm. at Lalita D Comedy. And you can find me at Almost Favorite on Instagram. Okay, that's it. We got it. All right.